And we're back at it. Missed out on Tuesday. We had Mizzou basketball, the Kilcoin conversation tonight. We're going to talk to Mr. Soccer, Bill McDermott, timely because City SC opened their new season on Tuesday night in dramatic fashion. And we'll have our Pucks with Panger segment brought to you by Offenberg Hyundai. We'll do that as well, talking hockey with Darren Pang. We talk really kind of whatever's going on in Darren's world. Panger traveling all over. So, Panger, I guess he's Mr. Hockey. We're just going to name him. We have Mr. Soccer and Mr. Hockey on this particular show tonight. And it's probably a good thing we're talking blues and we're talking soccer. We don't want to talk basketball. Another wasted Tuesday. Mizzou was winning throughout. I want to ask Brendan about this later because even though they had the lead first half, they had the lead second half, I kept waiting for them to lose. It's terrible. I just expected, and part of that is Tennessee, fifth ranked in the country, really good team. But I just kept thinking, all right, well, when when will it sort of drift the other way? When How many are they going to lose by? And in the end, they lost by five, which is respectable, except it doesn't matter when you've lost 13 in a row. You're 0-13 in the conference. So that was a mild disappointment. Billikens, again, as expected. Even though Duquesne's not a superpower, they've been better lately. But the Billikens weren't even in the game. I mean, it was 21-4. to 21-4. to and I missed the early part because I was at City Park, and I went back to look, sort of the scoring flow. And I'm like, where's Sincere Parker's name? Where's Parker had zero points in the first half. This is a guy who's been scoring 30 a game, didn't get a field goal to the second half, only had one field goal, one for eight. So it gets worse for both SLU and Mizzou. Billikens are 2-11, and 11, I think, now in the Atlantic 10. Roll it together. What do we have? 2-24. and 24 combined. Unbelievable. That's why it's fun to talk about soccer because City SC had the home match with Houston and I tried <laughs> I tried to explain to my mom how it wasn't quite opening night. We'll get into this with Bill as well. But it is a little tricky. I know the diehards out there and Daryl Duran and Mark Moser are screaming at their radio. What are you talking about? It's, it's a Champions Cup. It goes on at the same time as MLS. Try explaining that to people who haven't been following it on a yearly basis. Hey, it's the home opener, but not really. Even the folks with City SC said tonight is a CONCACAF production. All of our bells and whistles, all of our hoopla, pregame environment, atmosphere, all of that stuff, that's going to be Saturday night. So you have to think of it this way. If the Cardinals opening night with the Red Jackets and maybe the Clydesdales and the Corvettes and the Eagle or whatever they're rolling out, that wouldn't have happened last night. That would be on hold till Saturday because this was a special CONCACAF match. All of that said, it doesn't matter. You still want to put on a good show for your fans, and they did. The guy who scores, Jose Kojima, we knew very little about. They drafted him. He's the first-round draft pick this year, signed his professional contract earlier in the day on Tuesday, gets into the game late. I think there's like five minutes to go in regulation, gets put on the field, Guy scores in the final minute of regulation, the game-winning goal. All of a sudden, Jose Kajim is a household name because of the power of City SC. I don't think they're scripting it, but, boy, it's awfully close. It was another fun, dramatic night at City Park. Tim Parker, who scored the first goal, put out his tweet late at night. It just said, fun. I was like, that's all you need to say. He scored a goal. Of course he did. First goal of the season, just like last year. And this Kojima, I'm going to do my breakdown of his game for Bill McDermott. I'm going to try and 
flaunt a little soccer knowledge with Bill, which will probably not go real well. But uh, they get it done. 2-1, that was fun. Now the home opener. Again, my mom, and it's it's kind of a who's on first. Well, I thought that was the home opener. Well, it was. Well, what did we? Uh, Saturday, Real Salt Lake is here. They will play Houston again next Tuesday. Game two of this two-game series, part of the Champions Cup. Bottom line, and I said this on TV last night, don't get too caught up in whether it's champions or leagues or U.S. Open. Just go to the park, expect them to put on a good show, and more times than not, you can expect them to win. So we'll get to it. Mr. Soccer, Mr. Hockey, recently named by me, Darren Pang, Bill McDermott on the show. Also want to tell you about Illinois Recovery Center, located in Swansea, Illinois, helping folks with addiction, whether it's drugs or alcohol. We've got the epidemic right now in our country dealing with opioid addiction. If you need help and you need to find some hope, you can do that at Illinois Recovery Center. Professional staff, awesome people over there running this place with a variety of evidence-based treatment programs, a lot of therapy. Some folks thrive in group therapy. Others prefer individual therapy, different programs, whether it's residential or outpatient, safe, inclusive environment, beautiful campus. They put together all the buildings have been gutted and redone. Everything's brand new. It's just the perfect place to get your mind straight, to deal with professionals, to get the help you need, whether it's yourself, a loved one, neighbor, colleague, this is the place to help turn your life around. Swansea, Illinois, they opened in 2023. It's brand new. Great, awesome staff of people helping folks embrace sobriety. And again, drugs or alcohol, residential or outpatient, set up an appointment. Find out more about their story at IllinoisRecoveryCenter.com. On the line is Mr. Soccer, Bill McDermott. I wanted to have Bill on to talk about what to expect with City SC year two. Let's talk a little MLS and then... Lo and behold, they did it again, this franchise where last year everything went their way. I'm telling you, Bill, I think they're writing the script. They're submitting it to the commissioner, Don Garber. All right, we got this kid, Miggy Prez. He's local. He graduates this week. Is it okay if he scores? Okay. Hey, we signed this college guy, and uh, we're going to play him tonight. Is it okay if he gets the game-winning goal in the final minute? It's unbelievable, yep. isn't it? that we? They told us to turn the page from last year, but last night felt like last year. You can't you can't turn the page, Martin, and I don't know if you've noticed, but earlier in the game, a ball was attempted to be cleared out of the uh, Houston Dynamo penalty area. It got deflected. It looked it looked upon first inspection that the ball was being passed by a defender to Klaus, wide open in front of the goal. So no. In answer to your question, Martin, if it's not dramatic, it's not gonna be done by this team. But this new young player, Jose Kojima, uh, John Hackworth and I were talking about him. John's a new technical director slash uh, assistant GM slash coach, whatever your final terminology might be. But he's from Wake Forest. John used to coach there. He's very friendly with, with the players uh, in North America, in the United States. That's one of his main jobs. And he said, watch for this guy at our most recent trip in California against LAFC, all experienced players, Kojima was the best player on the field. And I watched him a couple times in the early games, Martin. He just gets the ball and runs at people. He loves to be creative. So you'll be seeing a lot more of him. 
You know what's interesting is last night I know nothing about him, so I went online and there was some YouTube collection of like his goals at Wake Forest, and uh-huh. I I kind of had my hockey head on. I said he kind of goes to the dirty areas, the greasy areas. Even the goal last night had to keep working for it, and I yeah. said this is a guy who's I'm sure he's got an unbelievable talent and skill, and we love the beautiful game. But I said I get the feeling that he'll get in there and grind and and kind of like a Barubi goal scorer if he needs to be. Martin, that's how he scored the goal. He got inside the penalty area, a couple touches, then got tackled, won the tackle, kept it at his feet, and had the composure to put it in the only place it could be at that particular time because the goalkeeper had the near post covered. He put it in the opposite side netting. So it was beautifully done. He had just entered the game in the 85th minute. That's usually the time of game when a, a coach will say, okay, go out and win the game for us. And that's precisely what he did. So, totally dramatic, as is the case with St. Louis City. That's part of their job description. Yeah, it's unbelievable how things have just been magical for them from mm-hmm. day one. I know the playoff exit was was quick and it was disappointing, but just overall things just sort of go their way. Let's, let's go back then and say, okay, it's a new team, it's a new year. Do you buy the narrative that they still have something to prove? Do you think the rest of the league kind of has this, oh, that was cute, yeah, you sustained it for the whole year, yes, you won the West, but yeah, we'll see how year two goes. Do you think that's out there? I think it is, Martin. I think a lot of the teams, despite the fact, as you just pointed out, that you did it all year, yes, of course there were some highs and lows, but when you start off 5-0, and that dramatically goes against anything for any expansion team in any sport. So what I what I marveled at in the process uh, was the winning of the games, but also uh, the attractive way in which they were playing. Now, last night, it's the very first game. Didn't have a great deal of time to put the ball on the ground, try to find people, try to get both Klaus and Iditarin involved. When you got them both involved, boy, it changed the game as well. But then at midfield, they have so many different options. They have the wherewithal to bring Leuven on late in the game. Now, he's going to start. He just hasn't been around the club long enough. But they got three new players, three new players where they wanted to shore up their lineup. Uh, Totland at right back, who last night looked very, very active, always wanted to contribute to the attack. His first touch was always forward, hard into the tackle, finds everybody, gets nice balls over, Jire at left back. Now, he hasn't been with the club as long. That's why he didn't get the start. But Durkin, also in the center of the field in that holding midfield spot, this guy will run through that proverbial wall for you, and we saw a goodly portion of that last night. You need a player like that in the center of the field in front of the defenders so much as to say, nothing is getting through me. And part of that magical script is – Tim Parker, of all people, scored, yes, the, scored yes. the first goal in franchise history and then follows it up the first goal of the season this year, albeit not an MLS game. That's a whole other thing about CONCACAF and confusion and wins the home opener. That's separate. <laughs> but does he just knock people out of the way? Like, he's great at the head ball, but I feel like to get open, he just throws people out of his way. That He is making his own way. Defenders will say, coaches will say, now on these set pieces, get a body on somebody. Get a body on Parker in particular. You know he's coming up from center back. Well, that's really of no consequence because he's going to win head balls, and he's going to win head balls 
on a regular basis. And that's one of his most valuable traits uh, coming out of the backfield, playing in the backfield, uh, his aerial challenge ability. He wins just about every one of them. Bill McDermott, our guest, Mr. Soccer. Okay, so year two, what's a realist, realistic expectation, you think, that they should contend for the West or should be in yeah. the top three or four in the West? What do you think is, is most realistic? I think the most realistic, Martin, is top three, four, five, somewhere in that ballpark. Are they going to contend and uh, do the same thing they did last year? That would be mystical. That would be magical, as we've been talking about. As a matter of fact, it would be stupefying to put two years like that together. But they haven't changed their first 11 dramatically, not too terribly much. As I mentioned, there's probably going to be three new players in that first 11. But for all intents and purposes, still pretty much the same people in vital areas. And, of course, still Roman Berkey in goal, who I, who I clearly say is the best goalkeeper in the league. And like the goal last night, that's one where he almost has no chance. Somebody loses no, their guy, yeah. and then they he's got to go one way. The ball is going the other way. Even that's so true. Even in hockey, you give up a goal. Oh, you get if you watch that. What's he supposed to do? No, exactly, Mark. And if you're a professional organization, your professional soccer players, a uh, very good friend of mine, Siggy Schmidt, who's been active, who was active in Major League Soccer and every aspect of uh, soccer in the United States national teams, under-20 World Cup teams, said, look, if my team gets downtrodden and loses their faith going down one nothing, boy, I'm doing something terribly wrong, and so are they. one nothing means nothing, and you, you, you saw what transpired there. So we lose Nico Giochini from last year. Who does that open uh-huh. the door for the most? Is that AZ Jackson? Who, who gets the most opportunity because of that? I think probably, Martin, you're going to see Jackson, I think, and you saw glimpses of it last night again. Uh, he's going to play. He seems to be most comfortable playing right behind those top two forwards. Uh, and I always like the concept of playing with two forwards as, a, uh, as opposed to playing with the, uh, with the one forward system. Uh, none other than Brian McBride, who played in three World Cups for the United States and played at St. Louis U, always told me that he hated playing with one forward. It's always easiest to play with two forwards, to have someone close to you, to someone who make runs for you, to sometimes hold the ball for you while you make a run. So I think with a player like Jackson, he's behind those two players. He sees it all happening, and he's going to be the type of player who rewards those, those forwards for his running. But most importantly, he's most comfortable in that area of the field in taking people on. So he's going to get a shot, reward a player with a valuable pass, or maybe even win a free kick on a very, very dangerous part of the field. Is their style still the same? We know Kansas City famously in the playoffs sort of turned it on its head, but is their style still going to be here? You take the ball, and then we will attack you and take it away. Is that still their model? Yes. Yes, precisely, Martin. They, they want the distance to get to the goal to be as short as possible. Translation, if we lose it in the other team's half, let's try to get it back as quickly as possible. Now, that's difficult That's difficult to do to play for an entire season, but they did it last year. That's the current mode, the current translation for the sport. Press high, win it early, get it back, attack as quickly as possible. And you'll watch that City does that on a regular basis. The other team they play always, always, or certainly most always, 
has more possession time. St. Louis City wants to get the ball forward into a dangerous position on the field as soon as they can. All right, in a perfect world, your home opener, your first game of a new calendar year, would not be mm-hmm. a Champions Cup game, correct? Because I feel like it, yep, I kept telling people, it's the home opener. <laughs> well, well, sort of. And they said, oh, is it an MLS game? No. Is the opponent from the MLS? Yes. And like, wait, what? And I said, we spent yeah, all last hello? year <laughs> recoding our brains and saying, it's the pitch, it's not the field, it's a match, it's not the game, it's the table, mm-hmm. it's not the standards. I got all of that down, and then I got an opening night, and people were like, this is it. And people in the newsroom at Fox, too. So this is the big game. I said, well, actually, Saturday will probably have more pomp and circumstance. I said, think of this as Cardinals <laughs> opening day is Saturday. It's against the Phillies. But they're playing the, mm-hmm. Brewer, they're playing the Brewers tonight. It's a Caribbean classic that Bud Selig instituted. You're like, what? Like, help me here uh, in, in terms of how we should view this Champions Cup. How big a deal is it? Well, what it is, Martin, it's a, it's a competition that was organized by CONCACAF. The, the clubs are from uh, North America, Central America, the Caribbean. The winner qualifies uh, for the FIFA Club World Cup. Now, this began in 1962. This is a dramatically different competition than the 2024 League's Cup, also comprised of MLS teams, every MLS team, and every Mexican Liga MX team. Remember last year, Martin, the big break between July 20th and August 20th? The break this year is between July 26th and August 25th. Now, it also happens that the Olympics uh, go on during that, but then that's a different type of competition. St. Louis City will have played, oh, 23, 24, 25 games when they enter into this League's Cup in the middle of the year. And the truth be told, a lot of the players won't say it, but they weren't accustomed to that by any means not taking three to four weeks off right during the middle of the season when they were really, really on a roll and starting to play well together. So there are quite a few breaks. This season, Martin, uh, beginning Saturday night, yes, that is the MLS home opener. If you would happen to get into MLS Cup, the championship of the sport, that would be December 7th. So this is indeed a really, really long season. Last year... It was uh, February February 26th, and Columbus won the championship on December 9th. And that's one of the reasons they played so long, Columbus did last year, that St. Louis City did not get a chance to play them in one of the preseason games that St. Louis City was looking forward to because Columbus did not start training as early as every other club. So do they want to win the Champions Cup, or is it, hey, we'd like to do well in that, but we're not going to do it? at Like last year, I think they dusted off the U.S. Open, which is not on par with the Champions Cup. But how do you, how do you think they approach this? I think they want to approach every game to find out who they can use where and how often we can use that player, irrespective of age. Uh, young players coming up, and you've seen consistently – Bradley Carnell does not have an aversion to using young players in difficult scenarios against prominent teams. I think they're going to continue to do just that, and they're going to try to win as much silverware, as many trophies as possible. But along the way, we're going to put players in situations to see what they can do. Are they prizing the Champions Cup 
and the Leagues Cup as much as MLS? Maybe not. Uh, a lot of teams will tell you, well, the English Premier League, the, the league season is the A number one uh, object that we're striving for. And that may, that may be the case in North America as well. Yeah, and I was curious going into last night, how would they play it? Basically, their their starters, their stars that they had available yes. were about what sixty minutes, which was so pretty, yes. pretty solid effort in terms of trying to win that game. Oh, very much so, especially Martin uh, playing at home uh, again in front of twenty two thousand people. Uh, that's another part of this uh, this overall attraction in downtown St. Louis, where you're selling out every game. This just doesn't happen in soccer in the United States, where not only does that aspect of this whole scenario take place, every game, every home game sellouts, but everything in one downtown centralized location. This league began in 1996. No one, no one has the facilities that St. Louis City has in one downtown centralized location. And this may be, this may be the way the future is for soccer in the United States, as it really, Martin, I think, continues to grow. And step by step, yes, very much gradually, step by step, uh, it continues to be a legitimate part of our culture. Is it as deeply ingrained as football and baseball and hockey and basketball? Of course it is. We're not naive. But it's totally different than what it was in the North American Soccer League in 1967-68. Dramatically different. Bill McDermott, Mr. Soccer with us. Final thought. I haven't done my power rankings. Well, I have. I haven't released my MLS power rankings yet. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> do you, is, is Columbus still the team to yeah, beat since they positively, won? Positively, Martin. And they won in such convincing fashion. In the first half of last year's final, they were clearly, at that particular time, the best team in the league. And they did not lose much. Uh, they gained a few players. And Columbus and... Uh, Cincinnati come out of another soccer-crazy state in Ohio. Uh, As much as St. Louis has been the benchmark and the birthplace of the sport in our country, uh, the state of Ohio wasn't close behind. They play soccer everywhere in Ohio. So, yes, I look for Columbus uh, to be a big portion of Major League Soccer this year again. Well, Bill, my pick to click for the season was uh, Jose Kojima. I forgot to announce that yesterday, but I'm going to go back to it now. And so it's going to be fun. I look forward to seeing you down there at City Park. Thanks as always, Bill. Anytime, Martin. Thank you. Love talking soccer with Bill McDermott. I need to set up an appointment with Mr. Soccer and, you know, know, unveil my power rankings in person. We could do that at the pitch. Great soccer hangout. Right across the street from City Park. That place was bumping last night. Did the kids still say that? It was festive. Folks are heading there before the game, after the game, during the game. The place to hang out right across from City Park. The pitch. The soccer hangout. A lot of folks go there for City SC, of course, but also to watch the Champions League and the Bundesliga, La Liga. If you're a soccer fan looking for a fun place to watch the game, this is the place to do it. On the west side of Union Station, Awesome athletic club and tavern. Beautiful layout inside. If you're going to watch a soccer game, you want to sit and get comfortable, they've got the oversized chairs, couches. You don't have to sit on a bar stool and watch the game. Get comfortable. Enjoy the great food, the great atmosphere at the pitch directly across from City Park. Latest creation for Bob and Steve O'Loughlin. If you haven't been, get yourself down there on market. Go for lunch or happy hour for a Blues game. It's right there on Market Street. Find out more at thepitch-stl.com.
It is Pucks with Panger, Darren Pang, on the line with us. I called him Mr. Hockey at the open of the show because my first guest, Mr. Soccer, Bill McDermott, knows everything you need to know about soccer. And I thought, wait a minute, Panger's kind of like Mr. Hockey. I've given you a new nickname. Change your Twitter handle to Mr. Hockey. Well, I think somebody's already got that one, though, Martin. I think his name is Gordy Howe. Yeah. I think that's Mr. Hockey. Mr. Goalie was Glenn Hall. Mr. Hockey was him. The great one's obviously Wayne. Um, the Magnificent is Mario. The Flower is Guy Lafleur. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, you're right. Well, Gordy Howe I, I probably. Think you might have to take that one back. Okay. Well, if just you only win 27 <laughs> games in your career. You probably don't get that moniker. Let me let me just say now. I didn't really think this one through. I didn't really. <laughs> it just kind of fit with my other guests. And you would know this, but is it Jean Bellevue, right? Who is the great Belle- lunch? Bellevaux. Okay, Bellevaux. Yeah. So my, my he was the first winner of the of the Conn Smythe Trophy in 1965. So maybe I am Mr. Hockey. There, uh, there you go. Thank you. Him. When it comes to knowledge, we won't say performance, but knowledge. And my brother-in-law is Canadian, and one year for Christmas, he gave me a Jean Bellevaux, uh, like framed hockey pucks. It was really nice, but I was like, oh. what the hell am I going to do with this? And I heard an interview with Larry Plow, and he mentioned. Jean Bellevaux. So the next day I went down and I took it and gave it to Larry. And uh, then I felt bad years later saying he should be fired because I had given him a personal gift of Jean Bellevaux. But that's the extent of my hockey depth. Let's talk uh, current headlines. What do we got tonight? You've got TNT in your backyard? I do. I've got TNT, the Philadelphia, the pesky Philadelphia Flyers under John Tortorella and Brad Shaw are in town. Um, a playoff team right now, which is surprising. Um, because they they were all selling the uh, you know the moniker that this is a rebuilding year and that they're not in a hurry to get to uh, to the you know to the finish line here they got to get things going and develop a culture and then here they are they got off to this great start and and now what what do they have they had 31 wins all of last year and they got 29 this year with about 27 games to go so yeah it should be interesting with the Blackhawks. Uh, Luke Richardson and uh, and the Blackhawks and obviously they're they're struggling, but the good news is that Connor Bedard is uh, back from that broken jaw after six weeks out. So uh, that always makes it exciting. He had three points in the last period of his last game in Carolina. So the 18 year old kid is uh, he's a real deal. He's a great kid. I like John Tortorella because he's not boring, but I don't play for him. He's had success, obviously, down in Tampa. Uh, do players enjoy Tortorella? I mean, he's, I would think one thing is he kind of takes the heat off of them because so much of it gets directed at him. I think he's a good person. I think he he, he really is. I think he, he thinks long-term. I think he uh, he says some things that obviously um, – you know, they, they come off the end of his tongue, and maybe later on in the day he says, oh, boy, why did I say that? But a bit, but all in all, I would like to play for him. I mean, I think he's a guy you would want to do whatever it takes uh, or whatever they ask of you. I, I think he's a very intelligent coach, and I think at the end of the day, you saw what happened even with Kevin Hayes. Like, everybody thought, oh, he just hates Kevin Hayes. He doesn't like Kevin Hayes. He's going to run Kevin out of town. And, and you know, it, it ends up that Kevin ends up going to St. Louis, but, um, you know, then then – what writer was it that was uh, that threw Kevin Hayes under the bus and about the draft pick? Still, about the yeah, draft pick, right? And, and and you know what? And and Tort still won't talk to that writer, you know, because he he kind of spread some rumors about it, and uh, and Torts is like, I'm not talking to him, and he won't talk to him, and then he's like, Kevin Kevin Hayes doesn't deserve that. You were wrong. I mean, so he's anyway, he's got a good heart. This guy, and I've known him for a long time. 
years ago when I worked for TSN in the playoffs, I was, uh, I was there for probably 30 days at a time. And a lot of our ex coaches, uh, ended up being on the panel, uh, with me and Bob McKenzie and James Duffy. And, and Torch was with me for a number of times, uh, while he was out of a job. And I, I really enjoyed his company. I, I thought he's, uh, I, I think he's very bright. I just think he comes across. Um, a lot of people think the way he comes across is is probably not politically correct, but I like it. I think he he talks like uh, as fine as you can talk on the line nowadays. And uh, uh, but I think he says the right things, and I think he sells the right product for his players. And for those who don't know the whole story, the the Flyers had a top pick somewhere from Europe, I believe, and he didn't want to sign with the Flyers. Ended up trading him. And the report out of Philly said, yeah, Kevin Hayes told the kid, don't come here or you don't want to play for this coach or this franchise. And then Kevin Hayes locally said, what are they talking about? And then they have the press conference. Tortorella says, points from the podium. He says, you you write that thing there, that BS, that slop or whatever. It was unbelievable TV because he called him on the guy's like, yeah, yeah, I wrote it. Yeah. And he's like, what a bunch of crap. And anyway, that was a whole, that was a fascinating way to see it play out. And, And then the Blues player, former flyer kind of got dragged into the I think my initial initial reaction was Kevin Hayes seemed shocked like to get I guess he'd played golf with the kid one time and that's how they connected some dots exactly right he was he was a good player on the uh USA Olympic team um Cutter uh man what's his last name anyway Cutter Gauthier that's his name Cutter Gauthier and uh real good player played played really well he was over there and and uh, they wanted him to turn pro, and they sent over Jonesy, uh, Keith Jones, and uh, Daniel Breer, and didn't want to have a meeting with them. And yeah, one thing led to another, and, and, and you're right. But Torts, you know, he stands up there. And how many coaches wouldn't have done that? How many coaches just would have let that one slide and whatever? But not Torts. He, he didn't do that. And he, he defended Kevin Hayes, and he defended his honor, and said he would never do that. He's not that kind of guy. And then people were like, well, you didn't like him as a player or whatever. He's like, yeah, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Kevin Hayes the person. I like Kevin Hayes. Um, so anyway, that, that was that, but I always, uh, I, I admire that so fact that he's got some gumption and stands up like that. And so Philly's playing better. That kind of eliminates maybe in yeah. the short term, a job for Craig Berube that may, would be perfect because it's near his house and all of that. Do you think at this point for chief, it's getting later in the year, it's going to be a summertime hire, like wherever he goes next? I would think so. I mean, unless, I mean, the perfect opportunity came up much like, uh, you know, much like what happened with Rick Talk and his good buddy, and I'm sure Talk gives him good advice on on this. And and uh, you know, Talk was at TNT, he was in the panel, everything was going well, and then next thing you know, he he missed one week. We were all speculating that he was visiting a team, and and when when we heard out when we heard it was Vancouver, a lot of us thought, Talk, are you sure you want to go to Vancouver? You know, they don't seem like a team that uh, that's going to be able to correct things. And and he felt differently. He felt like it was a great opportunity, and. And he was on the West Coast where he wanted to be. Um, he's got family there on the West. He didn't want to be in the East at this particular time. He goes there and he turns him around and he might be the Jack Adams Award winner. So, you know, maybe there's a scenario like that for, for Chief um, that he takes the same route as what uh, Rick Tockett took. But at this point, I think we're going to see him a few more times on, on TNT. And didn't I say that to you on the You broke that story. Pucks, Pucks with Panger yeah. broke that story. Uh, I don't know. We didn't get credit for that. Pucks with Panger said, no. look for Chief on TNT. Did he have fun? He had a blast. He, he really did. He had a great time. He, he really enjoyed it. And, you know, it, it's something else. These coaches, when like Chief, when they speak, they uh, they just have a, a presence about them. And, 
you know, usually on that on that pregame show in between periods, postgame show on TNT, you know, there's a lot of banter back and forth, and half the time guys can't finish a sentence because somebody else is cutting in with something funny or something that they want to add. But man, when when Chief was talking, I I didn't see anybody cutting in when he was talking. <laughs> Let him finish the sentence. You know? Well, and they and, put him uh, with and they put him with Gretzky, which was smart too. That was fun. One, they got you know a good smart Alec guy like uh, uh, like Keith Yandel, who's got a good sense of humor and a good easygoing guy as well. So um, no, I, I I think that was great for him, and I think it's it's important for these guys too, Martin, to to stay in it. Uh, and and I know that doesn't seem like you're staying in it, but it is. You get your face out there, and then people start talking about, hey, Craig Berube, remember what he did in '19, and and you know I I, I think that's why Torts and a lot of other guys, Peter Laviolette, Torts. Uh, I think Paul Maurice, um, these were guys that used to go to TSN all the time uh, in the playoffs so just to stay relevant and stay out there. And I, I do believe it's important because he's not a media hog kind of guy. You know, it's not Chief isn't, oh, it's about me and I'm just going to go out there and, you know, tell everybody how great I am. That's not him. He, he's he's just a, a good person that, uh, that uh, can evaluate hockey and break it down really quickly and has has a way of saying things. So I always thought that he'd be really good at it and if he wanted to be there. So if he does, that's a heck of a job to, you know, and maybe, maybe you don't go back into coaching. Who knows? And I think he was an underrated media guy because I think from the outside you'd say, oh, but I bet he's just a jerk. I bet he's intimidating. I'm like, he's one of the easiest guys I've ever dealt with in terms of going up and talking to him in person, saying, hey, will you do my show? Can I text you? I'll call you. 100% easy to deal with, and I think people see him and go, oh, my God, I bet he's an ass. Like, they just don't get uh, it. You know, or, I, or I bet he's really tough. Man, that guy's tough, man. He's going to rip your throat yeah. up. I mean, that guy's going to grab you. And, but that's not cheap at all. Hey, I love it. He likes he loves busting your balls and busting your chops, and then he, and then he gives you a smile and say, yeah, what time do you want to do it? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's, like he, hey, how many times did he say to you or thanks, anybody banger. else? Uh, yeah, thanks, banger. Or banger. how many times did he say, yeah, the Italian food here in St. Louis? Nah. The best is in Philadelphia. Uh, the golf courses here in St. Louis are great. On Chief, he goes, yeah, no, no. The best are in Philadelphia. He just try to rankle you a little bit and try to, you know, raise the ire a little bit and then get under your skin, and then he start laughing afterwards. He's a, he's a great guy. I I think we're all so lucky that uh, that he got hired in the first place in St. Louis, and we got to we got to get on that fabulous ride with a guy like that because it's not about him. He makes it about other people, and that's what made that ride and that Stanley Cup so special. I think the last time we talked, the Blues were surging, and they had the initial banister bump, cooled off, then they got hot again, and now they've cooled off again. They're still sitting right there. It looks like maybe it's them and Nashville are going to fight it out. Big loss the other day at home to the Predators. You know what they call that, Panger? A four-point game because either they team... They do. It's a four-point swing, buddy. <laughs> That's exactly right. That was a big yeah. one. You think it's those two? I mean, we keep talking about this, but it does feel like those two... And for the Blues, it's at minimum. It's maybe going down to the last game, it seems like. People go, there's no such thing as a four-point game. Well, let me tell you this right now. <laughs> They're both at 60 points right now. If the Blues would have won that game, they would have gone to 62. Nashville would have stayed at 58. That's the four-point game right there. There's Mr. Instead, Hockey. There's Mr. Hockey right there. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, it's even, and they're at 60 points each. you got to win the four-point game. That's for sure. That was a big one. And also, Nashville was all sour because Barry Trotz, their GM, took away their, their concert to U2 at the Sphere 
when they were going to go to Vegas. So they were they were all hot and bothered. So you knew they were going to come fired out there. Maybe they could get those tickets back if they played well. Wow. Yeah, I had not yeah. heard that story. That's that's like yeah. Larusa La would get mad at the Cardinals, and he would tell the clubhouse guys to put the food away that they couldn't have a post game meal. <laughs> Matt Holiday, <laughs> Matt Holiday said, "I started bringing granola bars to work just in case." <laughs> oh well, yes, yeah, like that. Okay, there's no, going to be no water on the bench for practice, and we're going to skate for an hour. No water. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Who's the best team in hockey right now? Is it Florida? For me, it is. I think they're built for the playoffs. I think they, uh, yeah, I, I think so. Well, you know, I just saw Carolina the other night, and, and they're starting to hum right now. Like, they started slow, but uh, since Christmas, I think they might be the best team, along with Florida. So uh, I would go there. I don't know why people are overlooking Boston. I mean, they're right there again. Um, they went from a, I mean, a record-setting season last year. I know they got dumped in the first round, but that has happened in our time. And... Uh, you know, I think that's a team that you got to look at still. Um, I mean, they're one point behind Florida, number one. So the, the teams that aren't going to – the teams, again, just like you're talking about the Blues, Los Angeles, Nashville, Minnesota's making a bit of a run right here. Um, Seattle's still in play. So you still have uh, one, two, three, four, five teams still for me, maybe even six if you want to include Calgary uh, on that side of it. And then on the, on, you know, on the other side, on the wild card – that is going to be a battle like you read about because you got Tampa Bay at 65, Detroit at 64, and then you can't count out New Jersey and the Islanders. They're only four points out. They win a couple of four-point games, and look out. I'm going to leave Washington, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Montreal, Ottawa, and Columbus out of the race. But, man, that is going to be a, uh, that's going to be a heck of a ride down the stretch. It's going to be one of the best runs we're going to have down the stretch, I think, in the NHL. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. Just that late season jockeying. What Ooh, about? I got a late game too. Ooh. I got a late game. Uh, the Blues are in St. Louis late in the season, and uh, I always look at those those now. Like last year, Chicago. In in I mean, Pittsburgh should have been in the playoffs. The Florida Panthers should have been out. Chicago beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. That's right. Too, and. And then they won another game, uh, beat another team. Anyway, but long story short is you can't take those points for granted. And the teams that have nothing to lose, they're the ones that play freely. There's no pressure on them, and that's what happened last year. So that, that game late in the season, I mean, could end up being the game of the year. Well, I hope in Chicago they're talking about something other than Justin Fields. I'm telling you, my timeline on X or Twitter, that's all it is. The last time you and I were talking, we almost got into this knee-deep Bears discussion because when you played there early days, it was the Mike Didka era and Walter Payton and all these guys were there. I mean, that's that town. When the Hawks are good, they can take over. When the Bulls are good, the Cubs. But it's kind of like Bears. Like it's almost. I'm sorry, but it's almost nauseating from afar. Even they 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 talk Bears all year. Yeah, they do. They do. I even find that out now that I'm here. Yeah, it's. Uh, I can't keep up with it, and I I, I don't try. I, I believe on uh, Pucks with Panger, I said that Kansas City was going to win, and oh, that yes. did happen. Um, Mr. Football that but, day. But in this in this city here, uh, what's coming up here, the, the party of all parties is going to be this Sunday. And uh, I'm surprised Chaser, maybe Chaser might be here for this. You never know because it's a Chris Chelios jersey retirement. And uh, they're retiring Chelios' sweater here in uh in, in Chicago this Sunday, and 
there's going to be uh, Kid uh, Kid Rock, Eddie Vedder, uh, Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman, um, Cindy Crawford. I was just told yesterday, um, and Chelios is inviting uh, Tammy Granado because he wants the greatest Illinois, or he, he says the greatest woman hockey player in the history, to be there with him in a celebration of an American Chicago boy sweater being retired. So it's going to be quite a quite a Sunday afternoon. Wow, that sounds like a ton of fun. Pangers always he's Mr. Hockey. He's kind of Mr. Fun too. He's always in the middle of it all. Uh Darren, we'll talk to you again soon. That sounds great, Martin. This was a blast. One of our great sponsors here, AAA Home Services. They're an awesome company, but I love it when we have something else to tell you about and right now That's about the great rebates available. If you're in the market for a new furnace, a new HVAC system, this is the time to do it because you're going to get a great American standard system, but you're going to do it at a lower price because of the rebates that are available right now. You can find out more online at aaastl.com, aaastl.com. Set up an appointment at 636-397-3200, 636-397-3200. You know the story. AAA Home Services is an independent American Standard heating and air conditioning dealer, keeping families in St. Louis comfortable. That's warm in the winter, cool in the summer. They've been doing that for 54 years. And the best rebates available right now, AAA Home Services. For all your home needs, whether it's plumbing, electrical, appliance repairs, or, of course, heating and cooling. And they know when you call, it's usually an emergency. They're going to get out there same day. If not, then the next day. Part of the great service you get at AAA Home Services. It's AAASTL.com. Hey, look, it's Brendan Weesey, sports director at KTRS, as we wind it down from soccer and hockey. That's probably more fun than talking basketball. And Brendan was at City Park last night. It's just unbelievable. I need a better word than that. Just the run this franchise has been on in terms of fairy tale endings and just magical moments they just seem to have a, a a market cornered you said it they're in a year there are a handful of of moments and you can pinpoint and say wow did they ever deliver they have the propensity when you feel like their back is against the wall or wow you're playing Kansas City for the first time or it's the season opener they deliver it feels like the first time they delivered in a non-MLS match. I know you talked about it with Bill. I'm really buying it, and I feel like I'm in the minority here because it was not a sellout crowd last night. Plenty of good seats were available. I think it's tough to convince your American pro sports town that a, a tournament outside of the regular season of your league matters. People are still warming up to that. But... To me, it was a big moment for the club because they didn't deliver in any of those games last year. They won a little bit in the Open Cup, as I think you mentioned, but that was really, really early on. They were playing lesser teams at that point. They Remember didn't they... seem too worried about exactly. it, that's for sure. They played the League's Cup, got hammered. That, that was, was the team out of Mexico fast. City. That they, Everybody said they're exactly. like the Yankees of yep. this league. Look out. Yep, that ended in a big hurry. And then your stay in the MLS Cup playoffs as the top seed in the West ends in a blink to Kansas City, your rival, after you handled them for the most part in the regular season. So last night, to me, in what isn't was not a quite a knockout game, they win next week, and there are variables here because it's only a two-game series, goal differential, road goals, I think will factor in. 
if uh, if Houston is the winner. But it was the first time you saw them in in a uh, in a tournament setting win in a, in, in resounding fashion the way they did. I, I think that matters, and I, I do think this team is especially if if they advance past Houston, you'll get Columbus. There are some really meaningful opportunities in this Champions Cup that me personally, I almost would prioritize over this early season MLS. As we saw last year, okay, hoop-de-doo, win six or seven in a row to start. What matters is October, November. Here, here are games that actually matter. You've got a trophy a few months away if you're able to to parlay some success here in the Champions Cup. You, you may have had some international viewers yesterday that are really into this that and too, yeah. that are watching even the scene, even though it wasn't sold out. I was told it was going to be, and then at the last minute they said, well, it's not quite. So it was a little fuzzy as to what what was or wasn't going to be a packed park, but people tuning in saying, this is kind of a fun place. You may have had viewers because of this particular Champions Cup in Costa Rica in St. Grenadine, all these countries that sound made up. Like, they may, they may have been watching little old St. Louis, which, again, that's just kind of a, a small bonus to what was a fun night. And then the fact that the, the kid who is from Japan went to IMG Academy, went to Wake Forest, you know, very fluent, obviously. Absolutely. Uh, Americanized. Yes. But when I was reading off yesterday to Josh and Heidi saying it's unbelievable how international the roster is, I said, we got South Africa and Germany and Iceland and Norway. I didn't mention Japan. I forgot about the new guy. We, and, and he he will count as a as an international signee. So there was some roster manipulation that had to be done. You don't immediately think of that think of that because he was a super draft pick that that St. Louis had to trade into the first round to acquire it. Remember, they did not have a first-round pick. They say, we like this guy so much, let's go get him now. And I brought this up a bunch. Last year, their first-round pick, Owen O'Malley, never saw the field and has since been been caught. He's gone. They, uh, so he, I was, wondered, he was their trunk candidate. He was. He, he was. <laughs> he was. But I wondered aloud, how much do they really prioritize this super draft? Are they more interested in, in a lot of the international signings that we've seen from that Nordic belt, as we've talked about? But they saw something in the uh, Brendan McSorley kid has uh, impressed as well. But uh, Kojima's ready now. And the goal he scored was one that's not on a set piece. And it's run of play, but he had to he had to basically knife his way through a defender keep the ball alive to finish at the net. That was a tough goal, not an easy goal, and he plays, what, all of five or so minutes uh, and and has his first goal. Yeah, more of a gritty veteran-type goal, Yeah, like just yeah. to kind of get inside and fight for it. Maybe I'm a terrible person, Brendan. I don't know. Uh, I get down there, run a little behind, got to get in for some TV stuff. I park on the street. It's about 4.30-ish. I didn't plug the meter because honestly, because it said download the app. I'm like, oh my god, I'm sure I've done it before. I that would have taken me 15 minutes. I would not have made it on time. You got to wait in line to get in, get your credential, all this stuff. It's my fault. So I run in. It's 4:30, and I'm like, I didn't pay the meter. I'm like, what time do they stop? Five. I'm like, oh, whatever. Come back 6:30. I got a ticket, and I and I'm screaming. Oh really? All the problems with this city. And we're worried about tickets. I tell that to Luis, and Luis said, just consider that it's 20 bucks. He said, just consider that what you paid to park. 20, don't think of it that way. 
but I didn't want to pay to play. <laughs> I'm just shocked. At the end of the day, I'm like, maybe I'm just the ugly St. Louis, and I need to pay my part, pay that meter. It's just too complicated. If you could just put a Visa card in there, I'd be fine with it. I don't want to download another app. I don't have time to sit there and figure it out. So I guess I'll just pay the 20 and complain about it. Come on, city. You got nothing else to do? You are giving a cheap – us in the media, if we're going to work, we don't want, don't want to have to pay to park. That's – I think yeah, we're probably, I'm not there for fun. No, I'm, we're not. We're, working. We're, we're working. Um, but you might have given a little cheat code to all of our listeners out there that are looking to go down to, the, to, to a game – uh, all of the parking around the stadium that I saw last night before I, I did pull into the garage to get my free parking um, was $40. So why not just go park by a meter and get your $20 ticket? You're cutting that price in half, and you're just ultimately giving it to the oh, city. Here, and here's what we'll do. You, me, Luis, go down there, and we squat spots early in the day, and then we wave. For $10, we'll move. We'll just... <laughs> Oh, a couple quick bucks. We're all terrible sure. people. Hey, what's coming up on the big sports show? We've got our MLS season preview. Our nice. flyover footy feller is going to be in studio. Matt Baker, Phil Grooms, Ben Fred with me a little later. Ben was with me last night in the press box as we took in, not technically match number one. That is Saturday, but to really kick off the season, it was a it was a blast. So we'll have a ton of soccer talk tonight. What do they call that in the restaurant business? A soft opening. Ooh, a soft it opening. was like yeah, the doors was. were open, but yeah. it wasn't quite the home opener. And I get a feeling on TV, it, you didn't get a sense that there were empty seats. I could see it there, looking across and seeing the empty seats. But on television, I think it came across as yeah. I didn't get that very, sense. Yeah. So I'm glad you pointed that out. And if I want to save money on parking, I should just take the shuttle from the MAC. It's one of the great benefits. Of membership, and if you're going to City Park, or if you're going to Bush Stadium, or a Blues game, Billikens game, they have shuttles running from the downtown location. Members get to park there, go inside, get a bite to drink, something to bite to drink, bite to eat, something to drink. Reverse that. Uh, hang out for a little bit, and then take the shuttle. Don't worry about parking. That was my mistake. You can do that if you're a member at the MAC. Downtown location is on Washington. Been there since 1903. Of course, they have the West Clubhouse as well. So wherever you are, working, playing, there's a clubhouse nearby to get in that workout, play some tennis, play some basketball, sign the kids up for summer camps, summer leagues. You can do it all at the MAC. So much fun to hang out at the Jackbuck Grill downtown, host events, go to Easter brunch there, great dining, business opportunities, all of it in one spot. It's the MAC, mac-stl.org.